0: White
1: flagger.
0: Blaney goes to
1: black. Tosses out personnel.
0: Checker flag. That's a flag. Awesome time,
1: man. Awesome time. It's nice to close uh, out a race like that. That was awesome. This is the Team Blaney
0: podcast.
1: All right, welcome back, everyone, for another episode of the Team Blaney podcast. My name is Adam Rogers, and alongside me, as always, is co-host Steve Mez. If it's your first time listening, this podcast is brought to you by fans for fans. Steve and I have been following the Blaney Racing family for two decades, and Team Blaney itself has been providing news, notes, and analysis to fans on social media since 2014. So go ahead and pull those belts tight and hang on as we throw the green flag on our recap of Ryan Blaney's run in the Toyota Save Mart 350 this past weekend at Sonoma Raceway. Steve, welcome back to another episode of the podcast, fresh off the NASCAR Cup Series trip to wine country out there in California, where they turn left and right and left and right and left and right all weekend long, uh, across two series with the NASCAR truck series and the NASCAR cup series, uh, shout out to Josh Williams, Ryan spotter and Zane Smith, who came home in the second position, uh, in the truck series race, Thought that they would be a threat after winning earlier this year at Coda and, uh, shout out to, uh, Ryan and the team Penske team for a solid performance. And, um, yeah, what were your impressions on the weekend?
0: You no, know, it, uh, it was pretty good. Um, for what they had, um, you know, that's another thing as we'll go along and we'll go through what, uh, what the speeds were and so forth. And, uh, what we noticed though, racing wise is this became one of those races where once you got five to 10 laps into the run, uh, it got spread out. And once it got spread out, everybody equalized out. And then it was like, you were, you know, if you were two seconds behind somebody, you weren't catching them unless they really bobbled. I mean, you were going to be a 10th, maybe 2 tenths faster, but you can never get to a point where you can get in there and close on them. So you're going to do one of two things to, to pass them. And that's dive bomb into a turn underneath them or hope they make the mistake. And then, and then you catch them as they make the mistake. Now, don't get me wrong. That does happen here and there during the race. But for the most part, uh, these guys are pretty good drivers and they do pretty good job of handling their equipment, uh, you know, for the most part.
1: Yeah, I thought there's a few examples of cars, and we talk about comers and goers, not as many as we've seen in a lot of the oval races recently this season, but you saw like guys like Chris Busher who were fast on the short run, and then they would kind of fall off as it went. I don't know if it had to do with you know how well they were um, how or how they were abusing their tires or not early on in runs. Um, you would see some guys get off track, uh, go dirt tracking a little bit. You see some people Ac- spinning out yeah.
0: cultural <laughs> racing, as Mike Joy said. I, I yeah. love that. Were some people act-
1: um spinning out. I mean, so there was a little bit of that. Uh, But yeah, for the most part, stage breaks, um, restarts after cautions, things like that, were where most of the excitement happened. Mm -hmm. And uh, you did get it for a good period of time. But I do think there's in some situations where I know NASCAR is looking at the short track package overall, um, things with like maybe removing the diffuser or other things like that. Maybe they need to look at that for road courses, too. Um, By no means was this a a terrible, boring race or anything. It still had a great storyline in the end. Um, but there's always room for improvement. I think,
0: you know, the difference, um, in the car was definitely there based on what the uh, five car did. And I say that because last year, the five car on the pole and everybody races the race. I always say backwards, but it's not backwards. It's based on when the, when the cautions are coming and they know they're going to caution for the stage break at the two different points. So if you noticed once again, this year, two, three laps before the first stage break, everybody comes in and pits and the five doesn't last year. The car was so good. The five car was so good. Didn't pit won The stage started in the back for the second stage worked his way all the way through the field. Won the stage. Didn't pit when everybody else pitted again, started mid pack again in the third stage and, you know, and then roast all the way to the front now mind you the the five car was that good last year also yeah but last year's car you could do that this year's car at the five car stage one when he does the same thing tries to go along with that strategy and then once he got back in traffic for the start of stage two we didn't really see the five car again the rest of the day yeah least, well you do
1: it one uh, one important point yeah, <laughs> later important on part. but not not for not, uh, not for good not, reasons
0: not yeah not the way he did it last year so this car definitely had a difference uh in the way uh it raced with each other and uh, tire you know people worry about tire fall off there wasn't a, was obviously wasn't enough tire fall off to cause everybody to you know hurry up and need tires or um or maybe everybody was so good at at conserving their tires too you know and 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 that's part of it too these guys uh you know, racing the track and so forth is, is become what, what you're supposed to do. And they do a pretty good job of that after a while. So,
1: all right. So everyone talks about it. They talked about it on the broadcast. Ryan Blaney is a really kind of underrated road course racer, even though he has that victory uh, at the Roval, uh, the inaugural race at the Roval in Charlotte there. Uh, but it was a very Ryan Blaney road course day, solid mm-hmm. start to finish. And why don't we go ahead and talk about it?
0: Yeah, we'll get um, Saturday's practice FS2 first off. <laughs> you're not a big fan of that. Well, it's so hard to find it. And then you got to get the app and, 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 you know, it's so much extra, if you like DirecTV or something like that, so much extra to a year to, to get it for like these four or five occasions to, to do this. And on, if you have the app, that lets you log in and, and get it. But once again, I'm on my phone, I I'm, I'm trying to listen to the scanner. Yeah. I, I don't want to have that, to find another alternate thing to do this and that with and sometimes i do and i try to figure it out and then the app kept crashing and then the tracker that they had kept crashing i mean it was just a total you know well, situation
1: on the, on the plus side i'm pretty sure with the next tv package streaming is going to be a huge component wait did i say plus side for you no that's not the plus. Uh, side.
0: well well no i'll just go buy more <laughs> things <I can laughs> stream with you know that's just like i say about the tvs about yep. putting the, uh, the cameras in the cars you give Put me a all. can't you put the camera in, in the car and I can buy it every week, uh, subscribe for the year, whatever. Guess what? I'm probably going to do. I mean, you got my money as long as it's not, you know, exorbitant, you know? Um, so Ryan was in group B that they did 20 minutes uh, per group there with the practice. And uh, you know, it, it wasn't super awesome speeds, you know, but early on um, like the five of course was fast in his group and 18 to nine after three laps ryan was like 18th and almost a whole second back so you know but once again this is like a rhythm type track you got to run one lap two laps three laps four laps and they were trying to figure out you know since they you know the only real practice was a simulator before this uh the different changes and the car itself you know, it was going to take a little while, but, uh, by his fifth or sixth lap, he was up to eighth and he was like, he gained a half a second, a lap. So, you know, pretty good, uh, because there were already five laps on the tires too, at that point. So he was getting better at the, at the laps. Um, it was less than a 10th behind AJ Allmendinger's time at that point. I kind of always point to somebody who's, you know, is going to run well on a road course. Um, his lap times they said that like with 10 to 8 or 10 laps in his lap times were comparable to the 18 and the 45 which was pretty good guys once again um it wasn't like a
1: huge disparity between lap times either i think even like you know first to 20th on the board were all pretty tight
0: yeah yeah so it's just a matter of when you do go get you know you're qualifying that you run a you know a a good tight lap um and it's funny as uh, people will look at the single lap uh runs during a practice because that's what NASCAR post. But if you dig on their uh app, you can find the five lap average, you can find the 10 lap average. Well Ryan's 10 lap average was actually fourth best. Um and the 18 car actually had 18 car was the one who had the best 10 lap average. So uh it wasn't too too bad, you know, when you look at it long run and if you think well if we get into some long runs that might work out for them. Um, they do qualifying um, Group A, the top five was the the 11, the 8, 22, the 34, the 17. Um, And then Group B, Ryan uh, was in Group B. And the 5, the 9, the 41, the 1, and 99 ended up. uh, And like you were saying, you were watching it, and it looked like on the tracker when he went out the second time in Group B, like he was going to make the top five. What what happened? I'm not
1: sure what they were doing. I think that with that tracker where they're showing – if you're in the green, that means you're you're going to advance. I, usually, at that point in the in the qualifying session, it's they're just looking at the fifth place car. I don't know what they had the tracker set to compare to, but Ryan was in the green the entire lap, all the way until he hit that. Which uh, worth mentioning that the start finish line for qualifying was actually what entering. I don't remember like where it was. Entering somewhere around 10, ten or something. Yeah. Um, which in the truck race turned out to be really bad for Carson Hosevar, who um, kept it in the gas trying to put down a fast lap and spun himself out into a wall but um yeah really weird spot but anyway ryan crosses that line he's in the green i'm like wow all right big improvement and then he only moves up uh to ninth i think in the group and i was like oh okay um yeah. but then i noticed it was like that for pretty much everybody and i'm like oh they've somebody at fox just kind of messed up what the lap was comparing to and, and gave me a false sense of hope here so yeah yeah kind um, of... but oh well
0: Cause I, kind of thought that if he ran a decent lap that, you know, making the top five is all you really need, then who knows from there, you know, but they, um, end up 14th, uh, the five does get the pole. And I think what, this is the fifth year in a row or something like that. The five cars got in the pole at, at Sonoma. Um, so, you know, pretty good deal for, uh, for, uh, Larson there, but, uh, uh, he ends up in pit stall number 10 which is behind the 31 car and actually has an opening behind him, which is just part, past the start finish line. So this is also a really good deal for uh, during the race. Cause anytime you don't have to deal with guys on both sides of you and truthfully, the 31 car might have to come around him, but you know, might not come do it all depends on when he comes around him, I guess um to the rear for the race we got the 20 the 16 43 the 51 uh we do have two spotters uh with Josh and then uh, Mule Dave Nichols, uh Mule's got uh I believe it was that down turn 11 there's like one or two blind spots if you listen to them during the pre-race um they're telling Ryan where they pick him up where they lose him and um they do I you know most of the track is josh wherever he's positioned he can see most of the track um all the way through the restart there um dave dave does turn 11 and and the restart going up the hill so
1: i want to know if dave was over hanging out in that new turn 11 club they kept talking about it all weekend long and i'm like man if if you ever make it to sonoma and you can figure out a way to watch the race from there that's the spot i would be at
0: these these guys um these tracks and I hear it cause I, you know, listening to other other podcasts, these tracks really screw the spotters. They create these awesome vantage points that they sell tickets to. And I understand that. Okay. You're going to, you know, a thousand bucks to sit here or whatever it is. And I kind of get that, but we got to do the same thing for the spotters. It's a safety thing. Sometimes there were a lot of complaints the week before at, uh, at uh, gateway about where they had them positioned and they put those stages up and it couldn't see because the stages were on the inside of the track. And, you know, there's always something It seems like, and it's, they're like the afterthought and they really shouldn't be the afterthought. They should be the first thought, you know, you're asking guys to drive 150, 200 miles an hour at places. And uh, they need that extra set of eyes. And, and then you're blocking their view because uh, you want to make sure that uh, somebody gets a nice hospitality seat somewhere. You know, okay off my soapbox onto the race
1: yeah anyway turn 11
0: club looked great <laughs> <laughs> um so the stages were 25 55 110 there six sets of tires um and they're figuring it was like 41 to 44 laps for fuel uh so lap uh, inside line outside line okay on these restarts the only choice was for the leader there was no choose cone So the even number were on what would be the left-hand side coming up to track and, or I'm sorry, the inside of the track or the right-hand side of the track and the odd number on the left-hand side. So the leader would always take the right-hand side. So the even number guys. So if you restarted with an even number, you got a better launch because you were behind the leader. And there were a couple of times during this race where Ryan ends up on an odd number and you basically lo- end up losing a spot getting to turn two and three by, by the time you get to the top of the hill. Um, so Ryan gets two spots before turn four uh, up to 12th on the first lap. So he gets, once again, he's on, on the even side, gets the good launch, um, lap three, the five is leading Ryan is 12th and already by seven seconds back. It already spreads out pretty quick um the, the lap six i got the 22s kind of holding ryan up and once again this is where it happens where you can't can't pass anybody unless you just dive bomb them at certain points unless you're that much better or they make a mistake um they're 13 seconds of the leader at this back of the leader at this point um lap 10 josh tells me you're doing really good here the guys are coming back to you so this is the other thing you know if you do a good job with tire conservation and you know you keep your stuff clean uh there are guys that are raced a lot harder they might start losing a couple of tents and you can get to them uh then we get the caution for the 23 car blowing up um thankfully uh it happened in an area where he got off the track pretty quick he went up over the hill going towards like three and four there he went to the left hand side of the track and and drove out there to an open area where you know the fluid so they didn't have a lot of cleanup or nothing, and. Yeah. They had a good really...
1: TV shot of the fluid coming out of that car and it was just gushing from there. And man, I don't know what, um, I know people were really quick to say, Oh, he must, of course, Bubba must've just missed a shift and made a mistake or something. And uh, as far as they know from the data and everything, that's not what happened. I, what I just happened. don't know what, you know, the 23, some points in practice, they had speed for this week. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe they weren't going to have their best day, but I just don't know what that team kind of reminds me, you know, we're going to be talking a lot about maybe Daniel Suarez toward the end of this, but like, you know, what do they need to do to be able to put a whole race together, um, to have some success. And I think they're going to break through eventually here, but man, it was just tough, you know, seeing Bubba, you know, that early on in, into a race and just basically having no shot, because once again, I think this is a third or second or third mechanical failure that's taken them out of a race.
0: Yeah. They, uh, Jonathan goes with body armor as the call here, which ends up being staying out. Um, only three cars pit the 18 the 16 the 24 and ryan moves up to 11th so the restarts at lap 13 and when it sorts out he ends up losing a spot he ends up in 12th he's battling with the 14 and the s turns you know it's a pretty good battle they do a good job tv shows a uh, a lot of ryan during this race even though he's he might be running a little bit further back early on at lap 15 the 43 spins and there's no caution. This is what's really cool about road courses. If a guy spins out, he does it in the right place where nobody else collects him. Um, They can keep it green, keep it moving. And um, uh, he is faster right now by two tenths than the 14. And they're about 10 seconds back of the leader. Once again, who's the five. So at lap 17, Ryan passes the 14, gets to 11. At lap 19, he passes the 11, gets to 10th at lap 20 he passes the 41 he gets to ninth now uh like i said some of these guys have come back to him a little bit and he's he's doing pretty good on his tires at lap 21 um they pit they were getting close to the end of the stage and this is that strategy where they pit before the end of the stage um they were ninth when uh when they pitted uh oh this is they come out of the pits and this is where it happens Uh, I brought visuals. Okay. Here's Ryan. He's going into turn four and this will be the 11 car. Even though I don't have an 11 car and he slides the tires is what he does coming into the turn and bumps Ryan out of the way. And, uh, this, you know, causes uh, great coverage on TV. Of, it does.
1: Uh, right. They really, I mean, they cover the radio from start to finish on this yeah. and then follow back up again,
0: follow back up again. Cause I've, I've got it. You know, I've got some things written here. Um, it ends up Ryan loses a couple spots because, because of it. And, um, at lap 20, you know, you know, lap 22, he's back in 24th. Now mind you, part of this is because some of the cars didn't pit and so forth too. Um, the top 11 cars actually did not pit. Um, Ryan during the stage break tells, tells the 11 I've got, he's got one coming to him, you know, (laughs) but I guess, um, the stage winner is the five Ryan finishes 24th. The leaders all pit. So Ryan gets all the way up to 12th here and the nine leads after the end of the stage break. Um, the 11 apologizes, uh, you know, he says find Josh and tell Josh, to let him know that the next time he's by me, I'll, I'll let him by, you know, and Ryan's like, uh, yeah, I'm sure he's very sorry. And you, could, <laughs> you, could, you could hear the sarcasm on, on the radio dripping there, but you know, uh, what's interesting is later on, uh, actually at lap 29 is the restart. The nine's leading Ryan's up to 10th and the 11 gave him space Yeah, on this restart. So he actually gets by the 11, the, the 11 gave him position, which, you know, so there was a little bit of respect there. It's just that in the moment that once again, and these, these spotter things and, and TV does hurry up and put them on the air in the moment, every, you know, frustration, mad, this happened, that happened. Uh, I'm sure that the day after, or whenever competition meeting, looking at it, looking at the video of it, you can see the The eleven slot. He did. He slid in there too hard. Now, you know, he made a mistake. He did. He shouldn't have driven it that way in there, but he did. He slid the tires. Unfortunately, the guy on the other end of it was the 12 car. So. Yeah. um, And I
1: was saying like, you know, you know, dozens of cars probably did that all day long. I mean, Chastain does it a little bit later inside of, inside of the nine car. And it's like, just like when we talk about pit crew mistakes it's like they didn't want to do that like mm-hmm. him him diving in there and locking up his tires did not turn into a successful move for the 11 so no, um, not and, really. uh, yeah so i mean it's like they don't mean to but yeah i mean when you're on the receiving end of it you probably really don't care what the what the reason was but it did great uh make for uh I would say the second great Blaney TV moment of the day, because the first came in the, in the pre-race when oh, yeah. you had wine pairings with Ryan, <laughs> um, <laughs> that I still don't know has been posted as a video yet. And people have been asking for it, but yeah, yeah alcohol, two great, uh, pairings. two great, uh, Blaney TV moments. And I, the second, the reason I like the second one is because I, I think I tweeted it out. Like we're here for any Josh Williams shout outs that, uh, yeah. that the broadcast does. <laughs> That's yeah. well, was one of our favorite things.
0: Yep. Um, so lap 33, he's up to 10th, and they're about six seconds back of the nine who's leading. Um, lap 34, Josh does tell him he's better than the next four or five in front of him. They'll keep coming back to you. And at lap 35, he's about seven and a half seconds back of the leader of the nine. So lap 37, he passes the 41, gets up to ninth. And at lap 40, he passes the 48, he's up to eighth. And he's only about 10 seconds back at the lead at this point. So he's not really getting too far back. Um, and they're running similar lap times to the cars in front of them at this point. Lap 42, um, the 17 is, is putting the pressure on the nine for the lead. And I think that kind of helps to brings people back to you a little bit when, when guys are racing with each other. Um, and Ryan is about three and a half seconds back of the 34 car at this point, who's seventh. Um, but he's over a half second faster. So I was thinking he was going to start gaining on him at this point at lap 47, the one car spins, gets back on track right in front of Ryan, which held Ryan up and you know, it's not a good thing really, but
1: luckily he makes it through. It wasn't yeah. a, it wasn't the best moment. And I think, um, We talk about people making mistakes. I think at this point, Chastain made a mistake, got in too hot. He said he was, you know, he spun trying to avoid hitting his teammate, the 99. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. but yeah, luckily the 12 doesn't get collected in this.
0: Yeah. I was kind of hoping Ryan would get it, would be able to pass him at that point, but he jumped up on the track in front of Ryan pretty quick there. So at, um, at lap 50 though, he does pass the one, get up to seventh there, lap 52. Here we go again, before stage break, we start pitting from seventh. Um the nine has his pitting issue here. Um (laughs) he's he's got a penalty. Um and I hate to. I mean it's
1: uh, it's you laugh a little bit, but it's like, man, they just um you know, they already they he goes to leave the box, you know, that rear tire changer is waving frantically, which we've seen um that happen to the 12 car before. And um, so he backs up, but he just doesn't back up far enough. And I think that's part of those part of that time where you know as a crew chief and as the pit crew members you just have to be aware like just because his tires were behind Mm -hmm. the line in the pit box the front end was still sticking out over it and you have to be within that box unless it's the uh, left or the right rear right i think the the left rear tire can can stick out Mm -hmm. um but out toward pit road but that's the only part of the car that's allowed to stick out of the box and the front end of this car is sticking out still and they you know Jack it back up, get the tire back on, but NASCAR sees that real fast. And, mm-hmm. um, that's the first, uh, first of two penalties that are issued during this round of pit stops, but only one of them stands. So,
0: well, yeah, the eight is speeding too. Oh, three uh, three. There, yeah, there's three. Um, but he's, his doesn't have as much to do with the top 10 as, as no. the other ones. Um, the 22 is leading at this point and Ryan ends up, uh, I think they had him as like 12th by lap 54, and then at 55, to 22 wins the stage. Now, Ryan was 11th at that point, and there were two penalties. You're right. They had a penalty for the nine that was going to have to be assessed and a penalty for the 17 that was going to have to be in there also. And uh, the 17 uh, uh, does a um, – like They appealed. They, I mean, the penalty
1: yeah. was they thought they threw the gas can. Yeah. Uh, because i think the official maybe saw the second half of what had happened and I, I don't know if you know much about what it was but essentially i think they had a gas can on the pit wall that actually fell off so i think mm-hmm. the official saw the gas man catch it mm-hmm. after it fell and they thought somebody had tossed it from the other yeah. side of the wall but really the official only saw the second half of second what had happened it. which it was falling off so yeah. they pled their case which you see teams do that all the time pleading their case with the official and you know 99% of the time that never works but no. uh, I think they're able to they have like a, a system in each pit stall with cameras that that they officiate with and I think they were able to go back and see this unfortunate part at one point Ryan was credited with ninth with the yeah. ninth place finish in the stage and then he got bumped back one so back but the a, cool part a, is he does get a stage point at least yeah one. they got
0: a, they got at least a stage point out of it so yeah it, it would have been nice to get two of them but uh, you know not bad Um and they restart uh, lap sixty here, and and some of the other cars end up pitting. Who didn't pit, and so forth. And he's up to fifth, with the seventeen leading, and uh, the ninety nine takes the lead in four.
1: But it's worth mentioning, like this is what the strategy they've had all race long is set them up for. Mm-hmm. Yes, they don't get a uh, come home with a bunch of stage points in this race. They're trying to set up to have a shot to win the race. So they they pit early. They pit early. They get into this final stage, which you don't know how many pit stops they'll have during that, depending on cautions and things. Um, so, this has set them up to have track position to go into the final run.
0: Yeah. So, the 99 does take the lead in turn four. Ryan is sixth at this point. Um, and I've got uh, positions two through seven are all fords, uh, which is pretty impressive. At lap 63, the 99 leaves. Ryan is in sixth. He's about three seconds back. And, um, At lap 64, the eight and the 77 tangle up, but there's no caution. And then something actually ended up breaking on the eight ending his day at lap 66, Ryan's in sixth and, um, he's only like seven tenths back of the six car. And, you know, his lap times are only about a 10th off the leader, the 99. So if that tells you anything, the guy that wins the race a little later on, Ryan's really not that far off him. It's all about clean air and, and getting out front at, um, the lap 70, I wrote down, is pretty quiet on the radio. This is another thing that happens with the road courses, um, you know, the racing w- with the rhythm of the track and trying to trying to run a good lap and concentrating on every turn, as long as nobody is running up on you or you're running, trying to, trying to pass anybody, it does get quiet on the radio because there's no reason to talk to the driver and somebody on the broadcast. I'm not sure which driver they played an audio of the guy yelling about it. Like just shut up and let me drive or something like that. I don't know who it was, but um, yeah, that's the way it kind of gets. And and you know, it's it's actually sometimes less is more uh, because they're concentrating on each turn and and how they enter each turn, how they get out of each turn, and then you know it also helps with feedback later on. Lap seventy five, we've got um, the eleven and the eight. Excuse me, the eleven and the eighteen pitting and this uh, is kind of an alternate strategy that does not end up working for the Gibbs cars. Um, Ryan is in sixth this point, about three tenths back uh, of the sixth car, and only about six seconds off the lead, which is the 99. Um, at lap 76, the nine pits, and uh, at lap 80, Ryan does go ahead and pit here from sixth. He um, comes out 20th, as we're doing green flag pitting in the next couple laps um still in the lead lap that's the one good thing about these pit cycles you know you know it's kind of weird
1: like with this last stage is that you don't want to pit too early and you don't want to pit too late because um well if you pit too early and then everybody else has an opportunity to come in and they have fresher tires than you if you pit too late other people have already pitted and then you end up if, if there's a caution to be clear and then you end they end mm-hmm. up cycling ahead of you and then you have to to start back behind them so this is like a really tough call i don't want to be jonathan hassler making this call i don't want to be the 99 crew chief uh and 17 crew chiefs making this call either because it, it really comes down to this and sometimes it just comes down to luck and um yeah yeah so good luck with this guy i'm glad i'm not the one making those decisions
0: yeah. And it actually works out really well in the long run. Uh, lap one eighty-eight or lap 81. We have more green flag pitting. Ryan gets himself up to 18th at this point. Uh, the four has his, his issue pitting. The one has his issue pitting, uh, lap 82, Ryan's up to 11th, uh, the 99 and the 34 pull into the pits. And then lap 82, we get the caution. Uh, the five car, uh, has a problem. Um, his wheel goes a bouncing and a rolling, um, and now, you know, Ryan's going to stay out and everybody else who has to pit is going to pit and up behind him and um, puts Ryan up in third as everyone else pits.
1: Yeah, this wheel stuff. I know it's, it's, it's weird because I mean, I think we see we're paying so much attention to it. Yeah, it's, it's a safety issue. Um, and we just never really see it that often. Um, obviously, there's one familiar Blaney one that we've already discussed before that we've seen in the past, but um, I, I've heard a lot this week. Uh, mainly because it's a high profile driver. I think when it was, you know, the BJ McClouds and Justin Haley's and some other folks that have lost tires, like no one really cared. When you have somebody at the level of Kyle Larson, who had a car that could have potentially won the race, um, if things played out and his car was good enough to get back to the front, then people all of a sudden, NASCAR needs to change the rules. They need to figure out how to go back to the five lug nuts. You know, something's wrong here. And, you know, people are doing the math and, you know, they've done, I forget, I don't know how many tens of thousands, you know, 30,000 something pit stops so far this year across all the teams. And this was only the 10th tire to go loose. So it's like less than 1% of the pit stops have resulted in a, Mm -hmm. in a tire going loose. And um, I mean, I'm sure they'll look at something in the past in the, in the future, but you just really have to think a lot of it's still down to speed. I mean, these, these crews are doing sub in some cases, sub nine second pit stops yeah and they're under a lot of pressure to make that happen. And Hendrick has had some of the best pit crews, but that's the second Hendrick crew in this race. Luckily the nine caught it before they left the the stall. Yeah. But in this case, the five crew who's been fast all year as well. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's part of the game, but I can understand the safety aspect of you know what happens if it bounces up into the crowd that's a serious thing so you can say even one of these happening is one too many but 10 out of you know dozens or you know 20 30,000 pit stops I don't know somebody else can do the math for me it's it's not really that much and um, I think at some point they're going to figure this out and we'll move on but I'm just man I just hope I don't want to see Hassler go on a vacation or Flores mm-hmm. or any of these folks from from Ryan's Pick crew so um, no. yeah
0: that's that's the thing about it is that you know it, it does it takes your best guy at it and takes him out for four weeks, you know. And then the crew chief, they can work around that to some extent, I'm sure. Yeah, but but the reality is, is it's happening to everybody at one one way, shape, or form. Every team seems to have had some sort of issue at some point. So don't tell me, oh, fire those guys. Yeah. Because you know what? Everybody's doing it, everybody's having an issue, everybody's trying to push the envelope. And, you know, you can have a slow stop and, and lose spots that way, or you can push the envelope and hopefully you get it right each time, you know? Yeah. So I, I just, you know, I just, I just, uh, the negative, sometimes the negative people get to me a little bit. I don't know why, but.
1: But anyway, that I mean, we mentioned earlier that we would talk about the five again, and uh, unfortunately yeah. it wasn't for uh, anything. Good.
0: Uh-uh. No, which I'm okay with uh, you know,
1: in the grand scheme for, yeah, <laughs> for grand us. Scheme. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. For us.
0: It's good. Yeah. Um, we get the restart at uh, lap 87 here with Ryan in third, and it's the 99 and 17 on the front row. Same thing here. 99 chooses what would be the right-hand lane, the inside part of the track, and that's where the even number cars are. And once again, this gets uh, him out front and Ryan's in third on the other end of things, having to wait behind the 17 for a second or so. And Ryan ends up shuffling back to fourth. Uh, The 18 spins during this, and by himself, nobody helped him, which was, you know, crazy, 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 because there were a bunch of guys going into that turn, and it really didn't, luckily, didn't collect a lot of people. Um, Lap uh, 89, Ryan is two seconds off the leader with the 99 at this point. Uh, By lap 92, um, you know, he's about a half second back at the 34 car, um, about four seconds back at the 99, still in fourth. At lap 94, you know, they were, uh, you know, he just stuck, you know, basically stuck. You couldn't really get to. And once again, like I guess said earlier that things have kind of equaled out because um, Josh makes the comment back, he says, copy that 16 more times. They <laughs> just got to keep trying, you know. A lap 96, uh, the four passes, Ryan's back to fifth. And at lap 100, the two ends up passing and Ryan's back to sixth. And, um,
1: I think one thing worth mentioning in this, we talked about the racing, not being great. Um, as far as like a long run has gone, this was probably the best racing we saw all race between the leaders. Yeah. Uh, because the 17 was right on the 99 for like a dozen laps here. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He through this to, run, for a little, for a little while he was able to hang on. Yeah. And
1: I just wanted to bring up, um, something I've already talked to you about, but just been trying to figure out what, I mean, me and probably the whole industry, like what his track house Figured out this year that has made them so good, and it's like something I really saw in this race, and I saw in in, in the races that you know Ross Chastain has run really well in, and at Coda where he won. It just seems like their drive off, and I'm not a mechanical person, or I don't really know anything, but this is just my observation. It just seems like the drive off that the the one in the ninety nine have at every track, specifically at road courses is just so much better than everybody else. And like, to me, it's like, I think that they've discovered something in making the mechanical grip better than everybody else has that just gives them, because the 17 would would be able to dive into a corner and get right to the 99's bumper, like 10 times (laughs) during this run, and then the 99 Mm -hmm. would just take off out of the turn. He would go a little bit slower Mm -hmm. to the turn, take off and be gone. And it stretched the lead back out to more than a second every single time until they got to turn 11, basically. And it's just like, like, you know what? I've just noticed that the one has been able to do that all year long at pretty much every track. And you saw it from the 99 too, when they've led a lot of laps this year and had speed too. So it's just, I I think I said to you, it's like track house. I mean, hopefully they enjoy this because- you know, the sports cyclical and like other teams will catch up at some point. They're going to, other teams are going to figure it out. Hopefully it's team Penske uh, figure Mm -hmm. out what what they're doing. Right. But I think that's, what's given them and specifically in this race at the road courses. So you got to watch those two cars at the next couple of road courses before the playoffs start. Um, But yeah, the drive-off was impressive. Um, I'm hoping team Penske figures out what it is, but the racing, like I was saying, this was the best racing of the day outside of restarts was just kind of watching this race for the lead eventually strings out in the end but yeah. it was exciting for a little bit seeing you know somebody like chris busher who hasn't won since that fog race at, at pocono um mm-hmm. and then a, a couple other guys that up there that that really needed to win michael mcdowell who obviously won the daytona 500 last year having a really good race himself so some three great storylines up front if whoever wins the race but um there was it was some pretty decent racing at least for the finish going to the end until we get till about eight or nine laps to go
0: yeah we get um Lap uh, 101, he's about 13 seconds back of the lead in the 99 there. And lap 105, the four, uh, he's 14 back of that leader. But um, interesting top 10 at that point. You know, we got the 99, the 17, the 34, the 4, um, you know, the 2, the 12. And you, the 9 has worked his way back up. The 1 has worked his way back in there. The 24 and then the 6 is actually running really well. Uh, lap 108 uh, is when the 16 does some agricultural racing too. And, um, Josh, Josh, pretty much on the radio is like, uh, it's going to be a caution. So there going to be a caution. Yeah. yeah. And, um, NASCAR held off, gave him a second or two and AJ was able to gather it up, start it up and move it. And, uh, like you said earlier, I think a couple more seconds and they probably do throw a caution or, you know, if he puts the window net down or something, I mean, he wasn't in an area where a lot of cars are going to end up yeah. unless, unless somebody else makes that same mistake he made. Um, so the fact that he just got it moving again is all they really need to see. And, and it was a good thing because, um, really another restart all it would have done is somebody would have crashed somebody. Yeah. It would have just
1: been, yeah. A wreck up front. Maybe Ryan gets caught up in it. Maybe Ryan right. gains a couple of positions, but I'm yeah. glad, you know, we talk about on this podcast all the time. We just want to see the races play out. We'd like to see green flag runs. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan was having a solid day. Yeah. He maybe could have gained a couple spots, but there's a lot of risk going into, uh, especially like a green white checker at a road course that's as physical as sonoma can be so and worth noting that the 16 man i mean ryan had this happen in a race uh before i think it might even have been sonoma a few years ago it was i think he finished 18th um suarez i think at coda ran half the race with this problem no power steering no power steering on the 16 and it happened to the 16 like within the first few laps of the race yeah so he ran that whole race and he was also worth mentioning. He was running in the top 10, I, I believe when this, 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 accident happened to him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, man, and that just shows you the talent that Almendinger has on road courses, which we all know, but, uh, felt bad for him. Really glad he got that car refired just so we could finish this race out.
0: Yeah. So we get to the finish and the 99. <laughs> checker flag. Grabs, grabs the checker flag. Uh, the Ryan does finish, uh, sixth, And there was much joy in the Adam Rogers household. Uh, (laughs) It was yeah,
1: overjoy. If you follow my uh, social media, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, um, we get to a lot of, I mean, at least the last few years, hasn't always been this way before we used to just go to pretty much Daytona, but uh, we've been uh, traveling a lot to races in the last about two and a half years. And my wife is a diehard Daniel Suarez fan. I said, no, no, much, as much as I tried to convince her to be a full-time Blaney fan, which she's kind of consider kind of a part-time Blaney fan. She cheers for him when he's having a good day, uh, but she's yeah, full-time diehard Suarez fan. And um, it's, it's been a long time for her to finally see him go to victory lane. So uh, there was a, definitely a, a fiesta <laughs> in the household and uh, may have taken her out to celebrate with some margaritas uh, for that victory. But yeah, I mean, she's uh huge fan been lucky enough. He's really accessible at the racetrack. She's been able to meet him, you know, probably a dozen times. And um, yeah, I was really, really happy for her because she's got to see me and, you know, even in person at Daytona when Ryan won, you know, celebrate the victories that the 12 cars had. So it was really cool to finally see Suarez in the 99 go to victory lane and um, shared a post on the, on the team Blaney Facebook page uh, and uh, Twitter page as well. Ryan, uh, you know, you know, Ryan and Daniel are, are amigos. Um, I think they've done some broadcast work together for some Xfinity races and such and uh, I think outside of the car too they're, they're pretty decent friends and Ryan was one of the drivers that uh, well, they have a video of the cool down lap of everybody kind of congratulating the 99 as they went by and Ryan went to victory lane and uh, Ryan and uh, Daniel both shared a photo that I shared as well of Ryan congratulating him in victory lane that I thought was kind of cool. And, uh, got a lot of traction this weekend. So very,
0: very popular win in, you know, in the garage and, um, just seeing, knowing your wife and knowing her interactions with him. Um, it was really, really cool. Uh, because he seems like that he is that genuine, nice guy. Um, you know, he literally recognizes your, your, your wife at the track and it just, just, you know, it, he just seems like that, that good of a person. And, uh, it, it's, it's a really feel good thing. You know, he got pushed out of two different situations, um, where if he gets another year or two at those places, um, it, you know, he probably would have sh- he shown what he could do because he showed what he could do in any Xfinity series, you know, he won yeah. a championship. So it's not like he, he's not a bad driver or anything by any means. He just had situations, you know, they wanted to keep Martin Truex, over there uh and he got pushed out because of that you know he gets he gets pushed out at at Haas based on some sponsorship type things that had nothing to do with his driving ability and uh it's really 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 nice to see what he could do when he had the equipment and uh hopefully it, it, it continues for him you know
1: yeah and a really cool story i mean he does bring some sponsorship um With some connections that he has. I think it's Carlos Slim in Mexico with with Comscope and some other things. But you talk about a guy that's kind of earned it, earned his way. And again, this isn't the Daniel's Amigos podcast or anything, but Mm -hmm. just worth mentioning, you know, you know, he, I think he ran in the NASCAR. There's like a Mexican series, Mexico series for a little while. Um, then he moves to up like New York, you know, going from Mexico to New York, what, you know, uh, going through like, you know, four seasons for the first time in his life, just to try to break into motorsports in the U S get some Arca rides. Mm This is a standout there eventually, you know, works his way up to, he ran a year, uh, year or two with Kyle Busch motorsports and gets victory in the truck series, moves on to the Xfinity series for a couple of years, gets a championship. And then Carl Edwards out of the blue retires and they just shove him into Joe Gibbs racing. (laughs) and uh at the elite level in the cup series and yeah, i think you know he had a couple of decent runs i think he may have actually even finished second to uh ryan in ryan's uh victory first victory at pocono um i think he, daniel finished second in that race and he came oh so close multiple times in his career um but it's always good to see somebody like that that i think you know has earned it has worked really hard um almost kind of reminds me a little bit definitely not the same type of career, but Kurt Busch, you know, he, he had like a down year, had to go run for a lower team, you know, Suarez went and ran for Gaunt brothers for a year uh, before he finally got this commitment from Justin Marks and Trackhouse racing. And uh, it's good to see the success. Um, Obviously uh, would have liked to see Ryan Blaney go to victory lane at Sonoma, but uh, we talked about it. You know, like I said, at the start of this, this is a very Ryan Blaney road course race. He Mm -hmm. was in contention, all race long, you know, if there was a couple more restarts at the end, who knows, it could have been a Roval type situation where he able to, to you know, kind of steal a victory, but ran in the top 10 pretty much all day. The point situation is yeah. a little bit different because of the strategy he didn't get a lot of stage points to but did pick up at least the one really, really solid finish. And um, speaking of points, you know, in the overall point standing, so this isn't the playoff standings Ryan's fourth in the fourth position behind Chase Elliott, Ross Chastain and Kyle Bush, but worth noting, uh, just 25 points out of first place and uh, just takes that victory takes that one victory and then it'll put him in you know really solid contention uh, he's won a lot of stages this year he'll get the you know the five points for for victory whenever that happens and you know we got what 10 races to go nine, 10, nine or ten races to go yeah and um you know they're going back to there's lots of places i mean ryan's a threat to win at every track now um, it used to be where you know it's here and there, he'd have a really good shot, maybe a top 10 every week. This 12 team with Jonathan Hassler leading the way and Josh up on the spotter stand, and, and everybody else on, on the pit crew that's been kind of clicking on all cylinders. They are a threat to win every week. Um, but not this week.
0: Why no. is that? Ah, this week they're going to take a vacation.
1: Ah, vacation. It's the only one, yeah. the only off week for the cup series. Um, what 30 eight races when you count the all-star race and the clash uh, only off week of the entire season and i I hope uh everybody everybody that i just mentioned on the team and ryan himself hopefully they get some rest and regroup and come back fresh before everybody heads to to nashville uh, to go back to the nashville super speedway for the second time with the cup series
0: yeah. Um, Nashville was a weird one last year. Cause it was their first time there in a long time. And, uh, there was an issue before the race even started. Um, and it kind of like made the rest of the day really tough. So, you know, this'll be a nice, nice to take another swing at it. I've already heard some people talking about, um, having to do some shifting,
1: Yeah, man, that's, <laughs> a, I can't wait. I don't think they're going to be able to fix this problem in 2022, but I'm hoping by 2023 NASCAR works with the, the rear end. And Max is able to adjust the, the gear ratios here because, man, I just, outside of Pocono, <laughs> it was unique at Pocono. I hate, yeah. just hate hearing about these guys having to shift on oval tracks.
0: Yeah, well, it gets, you know, it wasn't real bad, though, at Gateway, because there were extra shifts. It was two shifts in one turn, one shift the other yeah. turn. Still. There was a little bit more, a little more chance for error. But, yeah, what happened at Martinsville was... Just not good. But once again, Martinsville could have been the weather too, how cold it was. So yeah, let's see what happens in two weeks from now. A nice hot Saturday or Sunday um out there. But you know, it, it let's see. Each week is different because each track is different. Hardly any tracks are exactly the same, you know. So we'll just see what happens when we get there, see what kind of tires Goodyear brings. Let's see what kind of things the teams do to push the envelope. You give teams a week off and you say, yeah, we got the week off, but I guarantee you there's a lot of, a lot of work going on at the shops right now and they're trying to figure out some things and maybe they're going to throw a change at, at something that they would have never done before. Um, some simulator work being in next week and they decide they want to do something totally different when they get to the track. So who knows? You don't know what you're going to see. Um, like you said about catching up, you know, people are going to catch up to track house or, you know, catch up to what Gibbs have been doing on pit stops. Um, you'll see some of that stuff happen between now and and a week from now. So.
1: Yeah. And plus, I mean, just like every week this year, uh, at least for the first half of this season, a lot of unknowns going into Nashville. It's a concrete track in the first place. Um, they put some resin down last year. The racing there was actually pretty decent last season. Um, so who knows next gen car we're going to see how it reacts to this racetrack how it reacts to the surface like you said what kind of tire are they going to put resin down um and let's see what those guys can do and let's see what ryan can do with the full race there because yeah the the start of that race was shaky and then some other things happened and i think what a brake rotor blew and that was the end of that day so we didn't even get to see what the 12 car could do so i'm looking forward to that but yeah we're going to enjoy uh, an off weekend i think along with the series unless unless something else pops up so hopefully like i said everybody else enjoys well, enjoys the yeah. enjoys the weekend off and uh, maybe there, watch there, the truck there's, race
0: there's two things this weekend there is the truck race and then uh the summer season session starts with the srx racing That's true um so uh, if you're you know if you're looking forward to six weeks from now when they're coming to sharon speedway and Dave and Ryan running in that, uh, you might want to start watching these things on Saturday nights. They're a lot of fun. Um, they got some interesting characters, some older racers that you haven't seen in a while out there, some younger ones that are up and coming that they mesh mesh with them pretty well. Um, it's a TV show. They do a good job of making sure that, you know, they just throw a caution once in a while, just to gather them all back up. You know, they've got a drone flying around, giving you some different camera angles that you never get to see. Um, I, I have a blast watching something. I like watching Michael Waltrip, even if Michael's not going to run at the front of the pack, you know, he, they can put a, put a microphone in his face and during a break and he's all like out of breath, you know, it's just, it, it, there's just so many different fun things. Uh, you know, every, they put a, a, a posting on social media a couple of weeks ago about the, like the, 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 the the roughest driver out there and almost everybody said uh that uh tracy all uh, tracy yeah uh, <laughs> so uh you know so just things like that to look look forward to to, to seeing alio uh, out there at different points different times coming in you know all these different guys coming in from from different directions so yeah this saturday night it starts out um, not too far from you there right they're down there in florida yeah that's, i think it's me. yeah it's at a uh, five flag uh, speedway five Flags in flag pensacola speedway.
1: It is actually kind of far from Florida's big, but, um, but yeah, it's going to be cool. But yeah, they're going to lots of cool tracks this year. And like you said, the season finale is going to be at Sharon Speedway with the battle of the Blaney's plus chase Elliott's going to be entered into that race. Plus you have, you know, likes of Tony Stewart, Ryan Newman, uh, tons of other Bobby Labonte, like tons of other amazing championship winning drivers. And as you said, it's a show. It's, it's like, I think a two hour window. It's a made mm-hmm. for TV series. They have mm-hmm. fun with it. They throw caution flags to bunch the field back up. They have Paul Tracy out there. They're probably encouraging him to yeah. drive a little bit rough for some storylines, but it's fun. You know, what the best part about the whole series is, is they have Alan Bestwick in the booth who is, you know, Mike Joy is awesome, but Alan Bestwick yeah. is probably my all time favorite uh, uh, motorsports commentator. And um, if they, I know, the, like I mentioned earlier, that the TV package uh, is coming up for renewal here in NASCAR. And if, you know, ESPN or somebody jumps back into this deal, I think someone needs to call Alan Bestwick and get him back on NASCAR coverage. Speaking of that as well, uh, NASCAR Cup Series just ended its run with Fox. And the next time when we get back racing in a couple of weeks uh, at Nashville, NBC and Dale Earnhardt Jr. and everybody yeah. over there takes over the reins for the rest of the year.
0: Bring back Rutledge. <laughs>
1: there you go. Rutledge wood out, it, out, in the, Rutledge. Uh, out in the grandstands.
0: They do some things with Rutledge are just unbelievably funny. Um, the, the, he was riding on a Swan over there at in Indianapolis motor speedway in some lake in the middle of the track. I'm like Rutledge, 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 but you know what he, he is, he's really good actually doing the interviews and so forth. So I, I do look forward to that when they put him uh, out there on, on the track to do post race interviews, um, And it's great to have Dale Jr.'s perspective back. Um, As years went by and listening to him more and more, um, I really, really respect the fact that he respects the history of the sport. That he does, when he does his podcast, he does a good job of listening as well as talking. And, um, you know, that perspective really comes through on the broadcast. So it's going to be great to have him back uh, this, uh, this fall.
1: Yeah, so really looking forward to that. Um, that wraps up most of the podcast, but I guess we do need to get to our recap of the Team Blading NASCAR Fantasy Live League. So yeah, don't worry um, about it. We'll go ahead and we'll jump back here and, and see where everybody landed here uh, with this race at Sonoma, and we'll start off here with my starting lineup. Which you know, when I go through this again, I thought really solid starting lineup here, uh, but I think some things worked against me. Part of it was the strategies, and part of it was um, Kyle Busch spinning out out of the top five or top 10 there at the end. Um, but my starting lineup, Chase Elliott, things were looking great until the pit road issue. Um, Daniel Suarez, the victor, I had him in the starting lineup. That was great. Ross Chastain, uh, up and down day for Chastain, uh, ends up with, a, I think, a top 10 or close to that there. Uh, Kurt Busch, uh, really fast in practice, didn't really show that much speed in the qualifying, though. Highest finishing Toyota on the day in 18th place, which I think is a, a new low for them it's been like a decade or something since they haven't had a car finish in the top 17 or something so um had Kurt Bush in the lineup and then Kyle Bush also like I said it was a really good day it seemed like it was going to be a really good day for for Kyle but between the strategies and that spin out at the end man just did not get me enough points and I had Ryan in the garage I probably could have taken him out but I said to you I think I was uh, a little bit uh uh, distracted by what was going on, uh, kind of watching my wife watch uh, her favorite driver win a race that I forgot in that last stage to swap Ryan in for somebody like Kurt. I did not do great in the featured matchups. I picked Kyle Bush over Logano. That was wrong. I picked Chastain over Hamlin. That was the only one I got correct. I picked Almondinger over Cindric. Wrong. And I picked Bell over Briscoe. Also wrong. So not my best showing after a few strong weeks for me. What did the team Mez? starting lineup look like
0: <laughs> i went over four in the features before we even get started so uh, die bomb those but i did have daniel there you go uh i you know went road course guy I put larson in the lineup figuring out he starts from the pole um once again their strategy didn't work this year you know like i said that last year yeah drive right through the field didn't matter this year no, you get caught in traffic you get behind guys it's no a lot point, harder no in this car. Right. So chase Elliott, Ross Chastain, I had some guys who ended up finishing pretty good. Uh, and then I had Tyler Reddick and Denny Hamlin in the garage. So by the time I knew Reddick was out, even if I was swapped Hamlin in, it would only been a couple point difference. So yeah, not a great points day. Um, you know, once again, like you said, the the thing about the strategy of this race, uh, as far as trying to win the race, uh, you're not racing the stages for stage points. Um, and NASCAR, this was brought up on a couple different podcasts in the last day or two that I've listened to really ought to revisit how they do this for the road courses, because a lot of them are doing it this way. Now, the strategy is the same, almost the same for about 30 out of 40 teams. And that is we're, if we want to win the race and we think we can win the race, we're going to pit before the stage break before yeah. the caution so it pretty much
1: makes it to where the last stage is the only wild
0: card stage it just depends right. on when you pit and that's pretty much it yeah and it, it totally totally think like it said it destroys stage points in the fantasy like this because you can't you know you pick guys who you think are going to give you the stage points and then they're pitting with two two before stage break somebody had a great idea and it was just um run it green and when they get to lap 25 or whatever it is wherever they are and on lap 25 they get those points and just run it green and then whenever anybody wants to pit they pit then they'll go back to the old strategy that they used to use where they race the race backwards where they you know they know the pit window is 40 laps and they want to get within the window you know and then within the window and only have two pit stops or maybe you do three based on the tire fall off you know if you feel like you can make up the time on the track you know all those things are out the window with the stage breaks because they are planned cautions that they know are coming so yeah just something that they could adjust in the future but it really screws with your fantasy lineup for sure
1: so we didn't have that great of a points day at sonoma but let's talk about some people that did let's go to the uh results in the team blaney nascar fantasy live league when it comes to points earned at sonoma raceway in the first position Frygal 12 209 points in second, Supermod, 199 points earned. Third, Blaney or Bust, that's a new one, 195. Fourth, Rochi 12, 190. Fifth, P Shoot Bill, 186. Sixth, Rogue Tough, 182. Seventh, Jess 750, I think another new name, 177. Seventh, David Lazaro, 177, tied for seventh. Tied for ninth, we have Bud King and Team Penske with 175, and also B Ride 12, 175, tied for the ninth position. Um, Let's take a look now at the overall league standings. Holding down the top spot, and this isn't surprising. We have Clyde's Chicken Pit Racing, the defending champion of the Team Blane NASCAR Fantasy Live League, 3,036 points. In second, Math Mom 4, who has risen to the challenge this year, 3,004 points. In third, just behind, Fragal 12, 3,002 points. In fourth, the Dalai Lama 4, 2,997 points. In the fifth position, Eric D, 15, 2,962 points. In six, Blaney Kicks, beep, 2,950 points. Seventh, Moose Hunter, 1960, 2,940 points. Eighth, Bulldog, 0277, 2,938 points. Ninth, Super Mod, 2,930 points. And rounding out the top 10 this week in the overall standings for the Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League, we have two Bushes, no Johnsons, 2,929 points, but the biggest mover of the week, not really, but the biggest move of the week in the, in the standings, uh, which was pointed out to me uh, from some of the, the folks in our Discord server. Um, I didn't actually, I don't think moved up in the standings. It was more you fell, but I have supplanted you in the <laughs> Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League standings in the 23rd position. Team Blaney host Adam. That's me. 2775 points and you have fallen to the 25th position 2762 points so that's an exciting development so
0: you're you're still only second in your household that's
1: okay but on this 14th of june 2022 adam has uh beaten steve oh i think the season ends here i think we'll just cut it off here that's all we need to do
0: yeah. Then you get an extra week off to, to actually celebrate.
1: <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. So we'll see I'm, I'm, you know, again, this is a fun thing that we do keep track of. we got about a hundred folks participating in this every week, which is the cap. And it's really great to have everybody having some fun with that. You know, we talk a little trash in the discord server, talk some pics here and there. And um, I do find it funny that, you know, we have people that are listeners to the show that like to point out, you know, how close we are in the standings and, um, celebrate me and my wonderful stretch that I've had the last five or so races that has uh, brought us closer together and brought me ahead of you. So that's, that's all I know.
0: Yeah. And like I said, you're second in your household. So I know you got to, she, you know,
1: you know, she got her win this week. Um, yeah, she's beating me in fantasy. Um,
0: now it's time for me to shine, right? <laughs> it's, it's good. That's right. It's your turn, right? It's so good to be the, it's good to be the King.
1: So uh, that pretty much wraps it up for this episode of the podcast, but I did want to toss one thing to you um, Mm. because specifically because if you are listening to the podcast version of this just through your headphones, uh, you missed out on some amazing uh, technical visuals that Steve gave earlier when he talked about the incident between Ryan Blaney and Denny Hamlin. So if you are worried, if you have FOMO right now from missing out on that action and that scientific explanation of what happened in that racing incident, um, go back and what? Watch our new YouTube channel.
0: YouTube channel. Yeah, that's right. Team Blaney on YouTube. Um, it's the place to catch the video version of this. And um, like I said, in the future, uh, when you We're point right here. at that, yeah. When you point is it, we're going to be on the other side of the screen, right? <laughs>
1: I don't know. It's different but, for everybody.
0: Yes. Yeah, so my, my wife is like, she's like, you're on the wrong side because of the way the graphic is. We got to be on the other side. So hopefully that gets fixed each week, you know, because, you know, oh, it was right last week. Don't worry. Yeah, it was. There are people with ADD. You got to be careful. You know, it could mess them up for the whole day. Um, but yeah, you go to YouTube subscribe if you can, that way we know that you're getting it and you know, you'll get your like notification that it's coming out. Um, but about the same time that Adam posts this on all the, uh, uh, the podcast areas, it, it'll pop up on YouTube too, when he gets a chance and, uh, like, we'll try to be a little more visual. Uh, we got really cool backgrounds as, as you can tell. Um, and, uh, it's it's going to be a really kind of a cool thing especially when you get a guest or two in here because you'll actually get to see some expressions and some some people hopefully um and we're working on that too but uh, yeah check out youtube it's been really cool so far we're catching um you know starting off with a certain number and it's already growing week to week and um since it's already recording in that manner it's really kind of a cool thing for us to, do, to give you a little bit more of a visual um you can see what we actually look like in person um but uh yeah. Subscribe either place. Subscribe to your podcast if you do a podcast, but um, if you don't do podcasts or, you know, people who don't do podcasts, uh, let them know it's on YouTube now. I, I let a fellow that I work with, uh, uh, one of the places I deliver to, but know about it. And right away, he wrote it down. He's like podcast or I in mean, uh, YouTube. I can do YouTube, you know, and, and he watched it and enjoyed it. So um, hopefully uh, we'll, we'll keep doing that for you in the future, too. It was kind of cool. You put the captions up and um, On last week's and there was somebody who commented about that which is really good too so now if you don't listen to podcasts because you're you're a little bit hard of hearing now you get a visual and you get uh close captions on it also and and it it makes it even reach even more people so let people know we're doing that uh for those who don't know that we're doing that you know
1: so that's right check out the youtube channel as steve said subscribe subscribe to us there subscribe to us on the podcast apps and, uh, you'll be able to join us each week to hear and learn a little bit more about Ryan and, uh, some of the inside stuff that we will catch up on, uh, throughout the week. About yeah. The team.
0: Pay, pay attention to, um, the team Blaney, uh, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, um, because in the next day or two, we we're posting some things and, uh, there's a, a race going on as we're taping this right now up at Sharon Speedway. So I'm sure some people are paying attention to that, uh. And we'll have some good results from there. Who knows? I
1: hope so. One other PSA I have before I leave is that I just wanted to point out that the Ryan Blaney uh, Coke uh, Zero Sugar 400 Victory Diecast from NASCAR Authentics has hit stores, uh, at least here in Florida, it has. So just a PSA, if you're one of those folks like me that hits about all the retail stores uh, to just try and see if I can score that. Um, I posted about that on social media just you know, that was a special victory just because first time Steve and I have been able to catch a NASCAR race together and Ryan and Blaney goes out and wins the dang thing. So Mm -hmm. um, really cool die cast. It features all the confetti and everything from victory lane has a little picture of Ryan with the Coke zero sugar 400 trophy. So it was a really cool night. I'm really glad I was able to find this. They are up on eBay. um, But I, I think I posted in discord that, I really like it when I'm able to find these things out in the wild on my own, um, but they're still relatively affordable on eBay if it's something that you need. And yeah, if you look uh, behind me here on my on my door here, I pretty much have like dozens and dozens of those NASCAR authentic yeah. grind cars back there behind me. So it doesn't match Steve's hoods that he has, but um, it does have kind of have my NASCAR authentic diecast collection. So I want to thanks thank everyone once again for tuning in to this episode of the Team Blaney podcast. If you'd like to learn more about myself or co-host Steve, check out our debut episode from our very first season that dives deep into our Blaney fandom. You can interact with us on Twitter and Facebook at Team Blaney and on Instagram at team.blaney. And as Steve said, check us out at Team Blaney on YouTube. Uh, finally, we want to encourage you to support the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation, this organization championed by Ryan and his family supports causes like the Alzheimer's Association and UPM sport, UPMC Sports Medicine in their Fund a Fellow program. Um, you can find out more about the foundation online at RyanBlaneyFamilyFoundation.org or on all of their active social media channels. So for my co-host Steve Mez, I'm Adam Rogers. We'll catch you next time right here on the Team Blaney Podcast.
0: Good night, Brussels. Good night, Dublin.
1: Thanks, everybody, for coming. Hope you enjoyed it.